Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Dalton Beldon with Derek Cardi. He works at many places, ESPN, Roto Grinders, EV Analytics, even The Athletic, I believe. He's also the creator of The Blitz Projection. We'll talk about that later. And the awesome The Bat Projection, of course, for baseball, which I will also talk about later. But anyway, Derek, uh, thanks for joining me today. I'm normally not driving here, so this could be a total disaster. But hey, even makes it more worth listening to. But anyway, Cardi, nice to talk to you, man. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. I, um, I'm a big fan of Cardi's uh, projections. Uh, like I said, baseball, his work is fantastic. And football, the Blitz. Uh, we're going to help you win some DFS money this year. But first, we'll talk about some some news breaking here. Um, Michael Carter on the Jets is, quote unquote, a step above the other Jets backs. You know, um, we're talking about a fourth round rookie here without any notable workout metrics. Um the Jets' offensive line could be improved here, though, and if he is the number one guy, obviously he's going too late in drafts here. But there's also the SF coaching tree there now. They've been, you know, they they were a committee there, Salah. And uh, I like kind of Ty Johnson myself as a sleeper. Um, what are your thoughts on Michael Carter? You're a New York Mets fan, so are you a Jets guy as well? Not actually a Jets guy, thankfully, because it would be uh, it'd be painful being a Mets and a Jets fan. I feel like. Uh, but I think Carter's really interesting. You know, this is an offense that does project to be most likely, you know, a pretty run heavy offense, at least in a neutral context. They'll be playing from behind and being forced to throw in plenty of games, I would imagine. But especially, you know, with a rookie quarterback, teams do tend to run, you know, a lot more than than they, they normally would. So uh, if Carter's going to be the guy there or even, you know, just kind of like 60, 65 percent of the rushing work, I think, uh, you know, I think he's plenty appealing. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally out on Tevin Coleman. He just cannot stay healthy. And Carter's reportedly been impressive as a, as a receiver. So definitely something to keep an eye on here because his ADP will certainly be climbing with this news. Uh, I want to stick with the Jets, actually, though, because uh, one of your things with the bat is rookies. And people give you a hard time because maybe you weren't as high on Fernando Tatis. But really, all you're saying is for every big hit, there's a lot of rookies that, that don't, you know, that, that fail. It's tough. Obviously, baseball is a little different than football, but I can't remember anyone being hyped as much as Elijah Moore has. I mean, just every single practice, it's the best catch, this and that. But yes, a rookie quarterback throwing to him. Um, do, you, do you have any different thoughts as far as projecting rookies when it comes to football versus, say, like a baseball, a different sport completely? Right. Well, I mean, anyone who follows my baseball work knows that I get a lot of, a lot of crap for, for projecting rookies. 
And it really just comes down to projecting rookies is hard. We have these wide error bars because we have so little data on them. And at least in baseball, we have minor league data that we can use. And that's that's not precise enough for people. And it still creates those big error bars. But in football, we have a lot, a lot less data to work with. Like, yeah, we have college data. We have scouting combine data. But it really doesn't tell us as much as we want it to. And so, yeah, projecting rookies is difficult. And a guy like Moore, even if we think he's really, really talented, this is still maybe not the best spot for him. Because again, this is going to be a spot with a rookie quarterback where we do expect them to be pretty run heavy, just based on kind of the system that they're running, having that rookie quarterback. And this is a really, really crowded wide receiver tree right now. There's a lot of guys that targets could be going to. So it's really tough to bank on him for a whole lot of volume right out of the gate. Yeah, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but tell me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't I think the most important things of projecting football essentially volume? I mean, it's targets and touches. That's why the the Patrick Lairds or the Miles Gaskins pop up on your your blitz projection DFS and people are like, what? But it's just it's basically just it's volume, and obviously that's an unknown, even more so with a rookie. Yeah, volume is huge. You know, efficiency is important as well, but uh, but volume is really important. If the volume isn't there, it doesn't matter how good you are if you're not if you're not being given the ball. No doubt. Okay, so sticking with one more rookie, and I know that yesterday's pod, uh, uh, Harmon and JJ talked about my 49ers, so I won't stick, we'll stick to a tight, you know, maybe 20, 25 minutes, but uh, Trey Lance, man, he's apparently running an array of zone reads, design runs, he even took a snap of the first team offense one day after Shanahan said he wasn't. Um, I mean, the hype is going to get out of control here, and again, I'm a homer, but these videos of these beautiful 50-yard passes downfield where Garoppolo's getting picked off and he just never throws it. Down the field, Debo had a compliment just talking about Trey Lance's aggressiveness already looks so different than Jimmy G. So what are, where do we stand on Trey Lance? Uh, obviously, his ADP is just going to start shooting up. The guy ran for 1,100 yards the last time we saw him. Obviously, it's two years ago against weaker competition. But, but man, I, I almost wish this hype, the, all these reports weren't coming out because I loved stashing him late in these non-superflex leagues. But right now, the hype is, uh, is reaching very, very high heights. Yeah, it's really going to depend, I think, on where that that ADP lands because people like to get excited about rookies, and a lot of times they they wind up overdrafting them as a result, and so you really can't get much of a value on them when when you try to draft them. This is still a 49ers team that runs the ball a lot. We know from historical data that teams run the ball even more than they normally would when they have a rookie quarterback, and you know, unlike the case in in New York where I think you know we can be pretty certain you know that Zach Wilson is going to be getting most of the run at quarterback like we don't know that's going to be the case in San Francisco as good as this guy looks in training camp like how confident are they going to be rolling out you know a rookie quarterback here like they they went to you know the Super Bowl last year with with Jimmy G I don't know I I think it's a murkier situation than people want to to make it out to be Um, I'm not convinced that he's going to be you know the starter uh, for as much of the season as people, uh, I guess it seems like, are maybe expecting him to be. And obviously the, the sky is the limit once that's the case. The rushing upside is going to be awesome. Um, but I do worry about the pass volume. I do worry about just the, the just the raw start volume. At least Jimmy G's not being relied upon outside of Superflex leagues because one problem could be, you know, like Taysom Hill coming at the goal line for Winston. That could be a situation here for, for Garoppolo. Not, again, though, 
Not that he's being drafted in a non-superflex leagues. Um, all right, the next uh, headline is Joe Burrow has struggled badly with interceptions and inconsistency in training camp. Um, don't want to overrate these headlines, obviously, um, but I actually just came out with a quarterbacks I like I'm more down on than the market this week and Burrow was one of the guys he's being aggressively drafted just way ahead of the Matt Ryans and Kirk Cousins and normally I'm all about the younger guy and obviously they brought on Jamar Chase but to me this is a a team that that faces the Ravens Browns and Steelers six times those are legitimate three defenses that project to be top five in football Burrow got 6.7 YPA last year and he's coming off a torn ACL so there's some red flags to me, and his ADP, to me, just already priced in the major growth. What are your thoughts? I know you actually do factor in dome versus outdoors quite a bit in your analysis. Right, yeah. Weather, you know, weather is, is a really, I think, overlooked aspect of analysis that, that a lot of, you know, kind of uh, fantasy football players miss. So that definitely goes into my projections. I, I think you're right, though. Like, I think it is kind of all the all this stuff you mentioned is kind of baked into the price with Burrow. There's some red flags. There's some risks. There's plenty of upside given his talent, given that, you know, they've added, you know, another legitimate weapon for him this year. You know, I, I, I don't see him as a guy that I'm like, I think is like being way overdrafted. He's not a guy that I think there's, you know, a great value on. He's kind of just, just kind of there for me, you know, in a deeper league, or if you want to take a shot on him in a best ball or for a bench spot, like go ahead. Um, but he's not a guy I'm necessarily going out of my way to get. It does take sometimes his quarterbacks another year following uh, knee surgery to be totally comfortable and totally accurate. And he had surgery in December. I think Joe Burrow has a very bright future. He's going to be possibly a star in the league and he has nice weapons. But if that Bengals defense is dominating their Bengals offense in practice, I think it's something to at least uh, to at least pay attention to. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's going to get off to uh, it's very possible at minimum a slow start on Monday's live stream with Andy Barron's. I said there's like a 50-50 chance Baker Mayfield has a better fantasy season, and he laughed me off the show completely. And maybe I was exaggerating there, but people, Baker Mayfield got 7.8 YPA in the second half last year. They forget he played in two or three games where the wind made the whole entire passing offense completely useless. He didn't have Beckham. Um, He ran as much as Burrow did the second half. I think those guys are honestly closer than the market suggests, but uh, apparently I'm the the only one that thinks that. One final thought on the Bengals, Tyler Boyd, if this offensive line is a big problem and Burrow needs to get rid of the ball quickly, I've been down on Boyd because I'm I'm usually after the explosive, more upside guys, but PPR leagues, Burrow absolutely loved the slot in college. Boyd is, uh, is the one, maybe the big beneficiary here. Another one, another headline here is Andy Dalton is still on track to be the Bears week one starter. I don't know, man. What, what do you make of this? Justin Fields sooner rather than later. But uh, Dalton, the, one of those competent starters that the coach is just going to be uh, stubborn and keep starting longer than all the fantasy managers want. I mean, it's possible. Um, and he could certainly have some, uh, you know, some appeal in, you know, DFS leagues or, or even as like a streamer if he has, you know, a good matchup, you know, over the first couple of weeks. Um, this is an offense that is going to throw the ball a little bit you know, he's Andy Dalton. He's fine. You know, he's, he's a, you know, an NFL caliber quarterback, let's say. So, uh, you know, you're not really expecting much from him over the course of a full season, but you know, in a spot or two, I could see him being an option. Yeah. And and Alan Robinson guys want him to take over, but, um, yeah, I, I agree that Dalton could be competent and fields could be, uh, doing a lot of that stuff with his legs. So a lot of unknowns there. Tariq Cohen apparently is weeks away from returning. Damian Williams looks good after sitting out last season. So uh, that's a a backfield to take note there. Tariq Cohen maybe can just be totally crossed off your draft list. 
Sticking with some quicker uh, injury roundups, the Rams are being cautious with Matthew Stafford, but it looks like the injury scare earlier this week's fine. He returned to a full practice Tuesday. Stafford and that team obviously have Super Bowl aspirations, but I will say not only was he injury prone early in his career, but all of last year he dealt with like four or five different things. He's super tough. He's like actually one of the toughest players in the league, but as he approaches his mid-30s, um, maybe someone that's going to have to you know, be dealing with uh, injuries uh, you know, later in his career. Do you have any thoughts on Stafford joining the Rams? Yeah, Stafford, I'm really curious to see what he does because he has just had such bad coaching and bad play calling the last few years. And I'm really curious to see if his numbers just like take a, you know, a, a big jump playing under McVay. And so uh, I think there's definite upside for him. He's got a great offense to work with, a much, much better, better coaching staff to call the plays for him this year. So, uh, you know, he's certainly a, a guy you should be considering if you miss out on some of the on some of the, you know, the higher end quarterbacks. Yeah, Joe Lombardi, I believe, was one of those coaches that tried to ruin Stafford in Detroit, and he's now over there with Justin Herbert. It's just something to think about. Hopefully he learned uh, from his mistakes. Um, Yeah, heartbroken about Cam Akers going down, but Daryl Henderson has not got the helium that I expected. I get that he's a long shot to to be a workhorse and stay healthy, but it's clear to me that McVay will treat him like the number one as long as he can stay healthy, and in that offense, I think the upside is is so high. So I'm definitely liking Henderson. Among the the quote-unquote RB dead zone, He'd probably be my favorite right now. Um, the Cowboys are being cautious with Dak Prescott. Man, I'm all in on Zeke. I have him as a top three pick. Obviously, CeeDee Lamb, everyone loves. Is everyone being... I, they're playing it smart. we got a whole month away. Um, is there any concern here for you? Um, I mean, there's some concern with Zeke for me, just in terms of, I guess, workload concerns. You know, we saw a report, I forget, maybe a week or so ago, that they might try to manage his workload, you know, save him for the playoffs. Obviously, they have Tony Pollard there. You know, last year he was great in the passing game, you know, was was targeted probably what was it, probably 13 or 14 percent of the time. And uh, and so if that continues, I mean, I think that's great. You know, Dak being back is going to help this uh, a fast pace offense, which is going to help. Uh, but if he drops down to, you know, 60 percent of the carries, eight to 10 percent of the targets, that would be that would be a concern. Um, so I, I think there's, a you know, again, a little more uncertainty with Zeke. But, you know, if he is that workhorse guy, then there's there's very few guys in the league that I'd rather have. Yeah, uh, I'm a little concerned about the Prescott situation, but zero concern for Zeke's workload personally. I mean, I think the coach said something like he doesn't need 25 or 30 touches. Well, no one gets 30 touches. He led the NFL. <laughs> he led the NFL in pass snaps last year among running backs. And Pollard was not very good, actually. I know Pollard, everyone wants to be a thing. And he was good a couple years ago, but he wasn't very good when he gave him the opportunity last year. Um, Zeke, I think, is just totally going to eat. He had he had 17 carries inside the five in the four and a half games with Dak last year. Inside the five, I mean, nearly 20 carries. I mean, it's so many opportunities. As you said, the fast pace, they averaged the most combined plays uh, last year. So love the setup, but that is assuming Dak Prescott is healthy in starting week one. So obviously a situation we need to continue to monitor. And finally, the last uh, news one is, was Gall- Kenny Galladay left practice with the pulled hamstring, but the early indications or that he avoided a significant injury. There will be more tests Wednesday, but Galladay's not exactly been a guy I've been after. I know we saw the receivers who got the money last year got the targets, and there was kind of a shift. There used to be a philosophy, it takes a year for the free agent receivers to learn the new system, but we saw it, you know, obviously with Diggs and others, and maybe Corey Davis this year, follow the money, um, and uh, the, the targets should follow. Obviously, he needs to be healthy, and Galladay missed the whole second half last year and has a history of it, and it was a curious signing. Then the Giants spent a first-round pick 
on a wide receiver. So what do you make of Kenny G and Danny Dimes? Reportedly, there was a massive brawl in the Giants training camp yesterday as well. And Danny Dimes was on the bottom of that pile. So lots going on in Giants camp. Yeah, I mean, you kind of you said before that I'm I'm a guy who's really big on on volume. You know, volume really is is a crucial crucial part of this this whole this whole thing that we do. Um, and this is not, I mean, this this is not a situation where we can be confident that Galladay or anybody on the Giants is going to get a lot of volume. You know, they have Galladay, but they still have Sterling Shepard. They still have Darius Slayton. They drafted Tony. They still have Evan Engram. Saquon Barkley is going to be in the mix um, for targets. Like this is this is a spot where there's just a lot of mouths to feed. And so uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold on Galladay. Yeah, I'm not either. It's it's interesting what's going on there. Too many mouths to feed is uh, is exactly right. Um, and always injured too. So uh, I, I like what they're doing with with their defense there, but a, a lot remains to be seen on the offensive side. All right, man, let's, uh, let's shift to some, uh, some talk about your blitz projection. Like I said, um, I, I love your, your baseball stuff. Doing, having my, my best fantasy baseball season by far. Um, you're my go-to with the projections. For football, you do season long. They're over at EV Analytics. And then uh, at Roto Grinders, you're really into the DFS part, I would say, right, for, for the blitz for football. So talk, t- talk any secret sauce you want to give away or, or, or hype yourself. You won some people some money last year. I know Yahoo DFS, you, you do that. It's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent source. So, so talk about it, Derek. Yeah, I mean, the blitz is my projection system. It accounts for, uh, you know, everything that I've found is, is important when it comes to, uh, you know, projecting football games. It accounts for, obviously, the talent of of the players themselves, the individual skill players. It accounts for the offensive line. It accounts for the defense. It accounts for um, game script, um, uh, game um, game situation, you know, uh, field position, uh, down, distance, um, all that kind of stuff goes into um, the projections. It accounts for the previous contextual positions that every player has been in, whether it was a situation that is uh, more difficult to perform or easy to perform. Um, it accounts for weather. It accounts for domes. It accounts for pretty much anything you can think of that that should matter and that is quantifiable uh it goes in there and it projects players uh for dfs for season long for sports betting purposes you know you can find uh the blitzes uh you know um uh projected spreads and that sort of thing at ev analytics um you can find the dfs projections at roto grinders and uh and yeah so it's it's i think this is my fifth year with it now and it's been it's been really good. You know, ask anyone who's used it. They they'll tell you they've been happy with it, I think. <laughs> yeah. And I like your, when you do look at things historically, like a couple of years ago or well, a year or two ago when Derrick Henry was doing that run, you're like, man, this is just not, you know, this is very unsustainable with with how he's succeeding. And he he might be a unicorn, but I do like when you put it in context of how difficult it is to, you know, sustain someone's pace, like, say, Aaron Rodgers throwing touchdowns on 10 percent of his passes last year. Um, but it's really good tool, though, over in Roto Grinders. If you look at the the your projection for that week's Yahoo DFS and it'll it'll base on Yahoo's salary and it'll give you the best bargains that week and it's right there. So I, I highly recommend it and uh, definitely check out Derek's stuff with uh, the Blitz. So yeah, all right. So we're gonna get to the highly, highly anticipated uh, segment here uh, called Position Picks or I don't know what I even called it, but basically I'm gonna ask my guests uh, one player at each position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end that they must have and one player that they're avoiding, that they absolutely hate and uh, they despise. Um, so to kick off this uh, inaugural deal, um, uh, who are you reaching for at the quarterback position, uh, Mr. Derek Cardi? So I do need to preface it just by saying that 
I mean, where a guy gets drafted is everything. You know, I'm, I'm kind of agnostic about things. If someone is, is that I normally would like is just drafted way too high. Well, well, I'm out on, you know, or if someone I hate just completely falls down the board, then I'll be in on. But just kind of based on where guys are going right now, Jalen Hurts is a guy at quarterback that I think is, is a good value, is a guy that I wouldn't have a problem reaching a little higher for to get because I think he is one of the better values on the board right now. Uh, this guy's just the limit for this type of guy. You know, he he uses his legs, which is huge in fantasy, and he's being drafted way too low for, I think, what that that rushing upside is. And he's a guy who does have uh, some decent weapons to work with. So I, I think Hertz would be would be my quarterback. All right. I hear you with the all. It's all about ADP in the market. Totally agnostic. But that's why I want to put my guests on the hot seat here and go on a limb with the uh, the players. And I have we have not even discussed these. I don't know who your players are. Um, I happen to totally agree with this one. Um, I have him ranked uh, stupid high compared to the industry. I think what's happening here is people are concerned about Deshaun Watson getting traded there. And, and I guess that absolutely might happen. And I'd look like a fool my top 10 ranked quarterback suddenly useless. But you know what? Actually, I take that back. He would go the other way, right? Wouldn't he go to Houston? I mean, if there's a Deshaun Watson trade, I would think Hertz would go the other way and then he'd be starting at Houston and it's not like he'd have a downgrade in weapons. Brandon Cooks, whatever, he might even be an upgrade with the Devonta Smith injured. So I'm with you. He was the third most fantasy points per drop back last year. And, uh, and he averaged the most dot. Too. So he's like aggressive and he runs like crazy. The college stats were there. So I don't understand what, where he's getting drafted. I mean, I have him. I, well, is it crazy? I have him ranked above Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron oh, Rodgers. Is, okay. Th- yeah. All right. I, I, it's, it's just it's fantasy football, not real life football. So totally with you there. So um, your must have running back. Uh, you uh, you alluded to him earlier, but right now it's, it's Daryl Henderson. Um, I, I'm, I was expecting his ADP to really jump also once we got the Cam Akers news. And it really, it hasn't gone as high as I thought it was going to. And I guess, I mean, we're still working with imperfect information. Like we don't know, you know, if they're going to go out and they're going to sign, you know, a, a Todd Gurley or, you know, just a, a veteran running back to come in and, and siphon some of these touches from him. But the way the depth chart is positioned right now, like he's the guy, like he's the guy for, for this good offense that should be scoring plenty of points should give him some good game scripts to work with throughout the year. He should be involved in the past game. And, and he's just, he's going way too low. Like this is a guy who, if he is a workhorse back, he's a borderline first round pick and he's going like way, way, way below that. Yeah. I'm with you here. He's PFS number one rusher over the first month last year. And even if they do bring in Anyone who, I mean, Todd Gurley's corpse, give me a break. I, you know, I would have said the same about Le'Veon Bell, and he did take away a lot of touches from CEH midseason last year, but I don't think there's anyone really out there that is going to take too many touches. I mean, I don't know anything about the the Xavier Joneses of the world. So I'm thinking Daryl Henderson is going to be a top 15 fantasy back when he's on the field at minimum. I understand. I don't know how long he's going to stay healthy, but I say the same questions uh, could be said for DeAndre Swift, Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, Miles Gaskin, right? I mean, is is health really a sure thing for any of those guys or or obviously any running back? So totally with you on Daryl Henderson. Uh, And that Rams off the best defense in the league last year. They're adding Stafford and they have McVay. I mean, Todd Gurley scored 54 touchdowns in three years in that system and he's playing on one knee for half of it. So yeah, I'm I'm with you on Henderson. So hopefully we we disagree on some of these. Who's your wide receiver? (laughs) Uh, My wide receiver is Robbie Anderson. I like Anderson a lot this year. And uh, I'm kind of surprised the market is as low on him as it seems to be, but it it seems to be the case, I think with a lot of different guys, but 
Anderson's the one that seems the most pronounced in terms of this effect where like people are just assuming um, that they know who the, like the alpha wide receiver is going to be for certain teams. And I, I don't know why, like DJ Moore is being drafted higher than, than Robbie Anderson. And I don't think there's any sure thing that tells us that DJ Moore is going to be the better wide receiver here. Like last year, all year, Robbie Anderson was the better wide receiver. He was getting way more volume. You know, I think he finished around 27 or 27, 28% of the targets. DJ Moore was like 22, 23. Like this is the same coaching. Um, why are we expecting this to, to flip? Like we have no, no rationale for that. And it's not like I know for sure that Robbie Anderson is going to main, maintain that alpha status, but it's not like we don't know it. Um, they're bringing in a new quarterback, so that can change things up. But Darnold has worked with Robbie Anderson in the past. And, uh, and Robbie Anderson is talented. Um, the other thing I really like about him, and I like it for DJ Moore too, is a, is a context thing. Um, there is no team in football that has more uh, road games in domes than the Panthers. The Panthers and the Seahawks both have five road Love dome it. games, which is really nice. And that's something that is definitely not being accounted for by basically anybody. It's not baked into the ADP. And, uh, and so I just think Robbie Anderson, the blitz has Robbie Anderson as the as the 15th best wide receiver. And he's being drafted as like, I don't know, 45th or something crazy like that. Like, I think like he's so far and away better than where he's being drafted. Uh, I love that pick also. I really like that stat with the domes. Robbie Anderson, the, the one change in, in, in Carolina is the quarterback, as you said. And if anything, that could be good for him. Darnold actually loved him and like targeted him in the end zone quite a bit. Robbie Anderson's touchdown production was a total fluke last year when you look at the rest of the targets. The analytical community community absolutely loves DJ Moore, just loves him. And I, he could erupt into a total superstar but to me, I'm with you. I think it's like 45% chance Robbie Anderson has a better season. Um, Terrace Marshall is impressed, and he could, you know, be more targets out of the slot. But, but yeah, where for Anderson's going, I don't get it at all compared to, especially just to his own teammate. And again, now he has a former teammate in Darnold throwing to him. So I'm with you there again. Um, who's the, the tight end that you're reaching for? Uh, I think it would be TJ Hawkinson. You know, tight end is always kind of a gross position. Um, and Detroit is never an offense that I've liked targeting guys from in the past, but Patricia's gone. The coaching can't be much worse. I mean, as much as, uh, as much as we talk about biting knees and whatnot in, in Detroit now, like they, they can't be worse than Patricia and, uh, you know, Galladay's gone. Marvin Jones is gone. Like Hawkinson could very well be at the top of the target tree here. They play half of their home games in a dome. And I, I think Hawkinson is, uh, is a good value for where he's being, where he's being drafted. Yeah, my number one thing I want out of a fantasy football draft this year is to come away with a top-tier uh, tight end. I think those are the real difference makers, and and my ranks are a little different. I'm high, I have Waller over Kelsey, Pitts over my guy Kittle, and I have Hawkinson right there with Kittle, too. I love Kittle, but I just think the volume, in, and he's, he's going to miss three or four games again. But right there with you with Hawk. People worry about Jared Goff. It's not like Robert Woods and, and, and Cup weren't putting up nice numbers. And Higby, yeah. that final five games two years ago, he got like 54 targets from Goff. So indoors, no one else there. Add a worse receiving competition for targets. I know they want to run the ball, and they have a nice uh, offensive line, which could free up Hawk uh, route running too. Um, but they're going to have to be – they're going to be forced to throw in second halves with, uh, you know, playing from behind. So, um, yeah, I really want Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts, or Darren Waller coming out of fantasy football drafts this year. So – uh, yeah, again, I, I almost went Waller. I really like him a lot too. 
Yeah, another guy in a dome. He matched Kelsey's second half. He's three and a half years younger. They lost uh, their number one wideout from the year before. I mean, Carr, he was like the number three target share last year. And I'm talking about all wideouts. I mean, yeah, yeah. he gets wide receiver one volume as a tight end, more volume than Kelsey, more volume than, than anybody. Like he's, I love Waller. Yeah, absolutely worth the second round pick. All right. So you're a hater. Who are the, who are the guys you're looking to avoid? Let's start again with the, the quarterback. People aren't going to like it. But I think Patrick Mahomes is a guy I'm I'm not I'm not in on this year. Not because I think there's anything wrong with Mahomes. Like he's clearly the best quarterback in football, real football. He's plenty talented. They they pass the ball uh, in the neutral context more than any offense in football. They're going to put up a bunch of points. It's really just about ADP for me, um, and and the the specifics of fantasy scoring formats. Like as great as Mahomes is, he doesn't have the rushing potential of. Lamar Jackson of Josh Allen of Kyler Murray and and for me I'm just I'm not taking him above probably all three of them I'd probably put him four behind those three guys um and so where he's being the you know the first quarterback taken off the board like that's not going to be me I have Allen ranked number one I mean he gets you the eight rushing touchdowns and and he's also available around later too so um I think Dak a healthy Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson's right there with Mahomes um so can't push back too hard there you're not worried about Kyler Murray's second half that was just the shoulder uh issue and he's gonna continue to run like a madman even though he's been saying that maybe it's more of a luxury because for some reason I he, he's the one guy of that group that I'm gonna end up with not on any many of my teams so far I, I like Kyler Murray um, I, I'm, I'm a fan of him, you know, I'm willing to chalk, chalk it up to injury a little bit last year. I like the system that he's in. I like his rushing potential. You know, I like the the weapons that he has to work with. This is an offense that, um, I think people view as a very run heavy offense, but when you account for how many of those runs are Kyler Murray himself, they're actually extremely pass heavy. Um, they're very fast paced. So, uh, they play yeah. after games in dome. So I'm, I'm actually a pretty big Kyler Murray fan. Yeah, it's so weird there. Kingsbury, I can't tell if he, I guess the pace is good, but he's kind of a fake sharp in other ways. DeAndre Hopkins lined up in the same exact part of the field like 91% of the time last yeah. year. But Kyler Murray was was ready to, to set the all-time record that first half of fantasy points he was running so much. So maybe it's just as simple as that injury, and he's totally fine, and I'm probably going to regret not ending up with him anywhere. What uh, what running back are you avoiding? Um, I think it's Antonio Gibson for me. I think this is another situation where people are are projecting what they want to happen rather than what is most likely to happen. And, and I could wind up being wrong on Gibson, but I think people are projecting a bigger workload for him than, um, than I think is like the, the mean scenario. This is a guy who, yeah, he's talented. We love him, but JD McKissick got so much run last year, so much of the past game work. And uh, I think people are really projecting more past game work for Gibson this year just kind of based on well he's a year older and uh it it has to happen right and it certainly doesn't have to happen you know McKissick is still there McKissick has talked about wanting to take on more work on the ground too and who knows what you know I don't know how likely that's actually going to be um but I think Gibson where you have to draft him he kind of has to hit more of a ceiling outcome um and those aren't the kind of guys that I'm really trying to draft you know um I'm not looking for you know that that running back in that area usually to begin with. And this is an offense too, that I think could wind up being uh, more pass heavy now that they have like legitimate pass game options here. Like last year, the quarterback situation was, was awful. Um, I'm a big fan of Ryan Fitzpatrick just in terms of his, his talent level. Um, I think having him in the mix now 
could lead them to, uh, you know, pass the, ball, to pass the ball more. They have Curtis Samuel in the mix now. So there's actual like options aside from just Terry McLaurin to throw to. Um, and yeah, that'll benefit Gibson if he is involved more in the pass game. But I just think there's there's more uncertainty here than people are are willing to acknowledge. I hear you. I do love Gibson. Uh, I know the touchdown production can be tough to match, but I think the thought process with the receipt, and he was a receiver in college, so they, they think he's bound to get more targets. People thought it was basically going to be a reverse rookie season than he had, but you're right. McKissick still exists, um, but you got to project him to have one of the best defenses in football and a big upgrade at quarterback. Even even you got to like Heineke as a backup option if Fitz goes down too. He looks totally competent there too. So um, the reason that I won't disagree with you again here though is the turf toe. That, that is, scares me off. So he's going to cost you an early second round pick. I normally would have been all in, but if it's still lingering, it may eventually require surgery to me. uh, I mean, are you really going to take him over some other options there? So um, yeah, I can't push back too hard because of that turf toe. Um, Love the player though. And, and even the situation aside from McKissick. All right. Who's a receiver that you hate? Uh, We kind of talked about him a little earlier. So I'm curious if you're going to disagree with me here as well, but I think it's CD lamb for me. Um, and not because I, I dislike C.D. Lamb or think he's not talented or anything else, um, but there are still some concerns with Dak. And if, if there are issues with Dak, then that's going to hurt everybody here. Um, and it's one of those situations where it feels like people are projecting what they think is going to happen. But again, I don't know if it's the most likely thing. Like he's being drafted ahead of, of Amari Cooper here. And, uh, and last year, Amari was the one. Like Amari Cooper was the number one receiver. Like, how confident are we really that C.D. Lamb, just because he's a year older, is going to jump up, jump above Amari Cooper, going to become the number one, uh, when this is an offense that, you know, they have other weapons to throw to also. This isn't an offense that has really supported, like, a true alpha wide receiver anyway. And so I think people are paying for for ceiling for C.D. Lamb. And uh, I'm not sure how high the ceiling really is. And I'm not sure if if he's even the actual number one in Dallas. Plus, you have Michael Gallup. You have Zeke involved in the past game. You have, you know, the tight ends in the mix. Like, I just, uh, I don't know. So in on CeeDee Lamb, buying the hype, hook, line, and sinker. I have him ranked ninth. I could even be talked into raising him. I, I almost took him over A.J. Brown. I probably would take him over DeAndre Hopkins. The the, the quick, the fastest-paced team last year, most combined plays per game, indoors, bad defense. I just, he just obviously just looks like a, a superstar-type talent emerging with every uh, practice video. Having said all that, they are just practice videos. Amari Cooper did dominate the targets when Dak was there, and he had ankle surgery but that doesn't mean he's not going to be ready a month from now. You know, I mean, he probably will be. And Gallup reportedly is running way better routes and looks super crisp. And Dak Prescott is currently sidelined with a hurt shoulder. So all that's fair. No one has been hyped more than CeeDee Lamb. I'm personally buying it. But man, everything you said makes a ton of sense. Uh, what's the tight end? Who is the tight end you don't like? I'm between two guys. I'm going to say, I guess, let's say George Kittle. Because um, I like... Um, Waller quite a bit more. I'd rather I'd rather spend a little extra on Waller. I'd rather wait for Hawkinson. And I have some concerns with Kittle. Um, obviously, the the target share volume for him is always big. Um, but if we get a full healthy season out of Brandon Ayuk and out of uh, blanking on his name, other Debo, 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 yep, Debo, uh, then then you know he might not get that you know like super high end target share that we've been accustomed to him with in the past. Again, I kind of mentioned it earlier um, when we talked about rookie quarterbacks, but this is a team that is very run heavy to begin with, and they may be giving uh, legitimate snaps to a rookie quarterback. 
where teams tend to run the ball more when they have a rookie quarterback. And this is a rookie quarterback that likes to run also. So you might see some scrambles that take away pass volume. So for me, I like Kittle. He's great, but I would just rather have um, my number two or my number four tight end where they're being drafted. I will say Trey Lance uh, targeted his tight ends quite a bit in college, but yeah, man, I'm with you again here. Like I said, I even have Kyle Pitts ranked above him. I love Kittle. I'm a Niners guy, but you have to project two to four games missed. Um, He's the best real life uh, tight end um, because of his blocking ability. The Niners the last two years, their yards per carry goes up a full yard with him on the field versus off. Uh, uh, But they don't also, also not just the injuries, they don't throw to him. Uh, at the goal line area. Last year, Brandon Ayuk had the second most targets inside the five behind only Devontae Adams. And he was, you know, a rookie who played 12 games. They don't really treat Kittle like like the touchdown guy down there for whatever reason. And maybe that'll change. But right now, I like the other guys with upside and even Hawkinson. Yeah, with, his, with the health issue too. So um, yeah, love George Kittle in real life. But um, in fantasy, um, yeah, you just really have to project some missed time there. Um, Good stuff. Derek, um, do you have anything? Uh, what, what are you working on for the upcoming season? Uh, sell us on the Blitz one more time. Yeah, I mean, I'm working on the Blitz. You know, if you're a DFS guy, you can find it over at Roto Grinders. If you are a sports betting person, you can find it over at EV Analytics. If you're doing season long and best ball and that sort of thing, those are free right now over at EV Analytics. Definitely check that out. Yeah, that's that's about it. Appreciate it, man. Good stuff. Uh, Definitely check out Derek's stuff. And uh, we have some more podcasts. Charles Robinson is bringing our NFL pod back. It's now you pod to win the game. He is joined by Yahoo's Frank Schwab this week to discuss this offseason's biggest lingering question. What are the Texans going to do with Deshaun Watson? I'm at Dalton Veldon. He's at Derek Cardi. Check us out on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. Scott Pianowski will be back with another episode tomorrow. Until then, we are out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.